Welcome to our podcast, Parenting by the Pint. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Parenting by the Pint. My name is Kara, and this is Lauren. Hello. And we are two (laughs) Chicagoland moms that like to talk about parenting topics and breweries. And tonight is no exception. Mm -hmm. We are going to feature Hubbard's Cave, which is a brewery in Niles. Niles. Mm Northwest suburbs are kind of like a black hole for me. It's like the Bermuda Triangle. That's yeah, what I say about Brandon. I, <laughs> certain, there's a certain area up around like the Rosemont, Schaumburg area that like he just gets lost. And he's great at directions, but literally just gets lost. Yeah. And it's like... He just okay, like enters a vortex. It is like the a Bermuda vacuum. Triangle of like the western suburbs that he just can't it can't he can't wrap his head around i don't know that's why. so funny yep <laughs> i have been to their old location so they've they've mm-hmm. built this big new place i'm sure you're going to talk yeah. about it but um i went to their old location which was like literally just like a little strip mall storefront yes. type yeah. place um and it was on this little brewery quest my husband and i went on oh, where cool. we hit more brewing and we hit them and we hit microphone um and so they were kind of part of that circle. Um, so I've been there, but Ooh. I, you know, I couldn't tell you how to get there. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. There, I was uh, merely a passenger and it was in the middle of a very long day of drinking. So you probably wouldn't have remembered. It's anyways. not my job yeah. to remember. Were you at things. the old place or the new place? So the, the old, old one, the one that was in the strip mall? Yes. Just, okay. They're, I was at the old place. They're both in Nile. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I knew they we'll, didn't we'll, change yeah. towns. I just. They like went across the street. But. Didn't. Um, yeah, I just, I have I not been to old, either. So no. you're one step ahead of me. It's a good time. I, I, I would love to check out the new place someday. We will, we will I would go. love to do that as well. So we are, uh, going to drink. We're actually tonight drinking French toast and blackberry French toast. Yeah. So, so normally we try to drink two beers that kind of, kind of represent the brewery in, in some fashion and in a wide range. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a lot of times when we drink a bigger breweries beers we try to drink a flagship mm-hmm. like a year-round beer and then we drink maybe a specialty a style or, or a limited yeah. release or yeah or tonight just we're totally style. throwing caution to the wind and not doing that but at we're all. not doing that at all <laughs> which is probably you know not showing hubbard's cave the love we could show hubbard's cave because their fair, their fair. variety is they have such a great selection um they have such a diverse uh palette of flavors to offer and so um, but hey, man, eh, hey. French toast and blackberry French toast. I think the fun part about this is that we're going to, it's going to be basically a, like a side-by-side, but yeah. from the same brew. Do we like the adjunct or not? So we're going to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. So a little bit about Hubbard's Cave while we try out the uh, the the base French toast. So, ooh, I actually really like this. I didn't take a drink yet. You already told me what it tastes like. It's good. Well, you could hate it. We don't have to like the same thing. Smells good. It smells like tastes French like toast. Breakfast. All right. I anyways, love when beer tastes like breakfast. All right. Hubbard's Cave. So, Jerry Nelson created Unine oh my back goodness. in 2013. Hold on a second. Right. <laughs> Sorry, Lauren. Pause. Interrupt. French toast. This tastes awesome. Right? <laughs> It's so good. I can't wait for your story. We have to talk about this right now. It tastes this like, tastes French, like toast. French toast. This is really good. Mm-hmm. Have I had this before? You know, I've had a lot of Hubbard's Cave. I don't know if I've had French toast. This is really good. <laughs> I really love your reaction, I must say. 
But it 100% tastes like French toast. Yeah. And I like, well, I love breakfast food. So regardless, but I really like it. Yeah. I really like it. It's really good. Okay. Apologies. (laughs) Please tell me about Hubbard's Cave now. All right. Anyways. All right. So Mr. Nelson, Jerry Nelson started Unine. And we have to talk about Unine first because... Hubbard's Cave is an offshoot, essentially. Don't worry, everyone. You're going to get there with us. We're getting there. Just just stay with us. So he started Unine back in 2013, and his kind of what he wanted to do was make Belgium-style beers because he thought that there was a market for them. Well, there wasn't. So Unfortunately, there isn't. Yeah. So essentially, he started in 2013. He was facing bankruptcy in 2014. He laid off his last sole employee and operated essentially with the help of volunteers for more than a year and moved from Chicago, where he originally started his dream was to have a Chicago brewery, out to his first location in Niles. Okay. And in 2015... While working with volunteers and having no employees and trying to stay afloat, he essentially started Hubbard's Cave so that he could self-distribute because his distribution contract was with Unine. Oh, man. So the Tribune wrote an article essentially saying like him and his dist- distributor had a uh, an ugly breakup after he did this. But he was quoted as saying, if he didn't start self-distributing, he was going to go bankrupt. Yeah. So Hubbard's Cave originally was really to try and stay afloat and to start self-distributing so that he didn't have to use his distributor and move away from the Belgian-style beers that weren't making any profits, that nobody was buying, and venturing into mostly stouts and IPAs um, that you know Hubbard's Cave is, is known for. Um, so Hubbard's Cave was named after the Chicago Hubbard Street Tunnel off of 1994, where his original brewery was actually started. So it's, you know, has some history to that. That's cool. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. So they moved, he moved to Niles, um, and then they moved to not, to a bigger space in Niles. I think his current space is like, I don't know, some 27,000 square feet or something big facility. It's big. I mean, I've yeah. seen pictures of the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an impressive looking place. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It it looks great. I'm sure we will we will visit um Ugh. at some point. Add but yeah, so essentially Hubbard's Cave was to keep him from going under. Um, okay. <laughs> was the reason that he created. And I mean now business for both Unine does their own thing and Hubbard's Cave they've got different styles of beer, but they'd both produce, they've both been growing. Um, you know, they distribute to targeted markets in about eight different states, so not just Illinois. So they've grown, and, you know, they're a healthy company now, but back when Hubbard's Cave was started was they were they were practically bankrupt, and he was trying to just keep things afloat. So kind of interesting. Um, but, yeah, no, this is fantastic. And uh, Man, oh, man. I mean, right. I don't need to... I don't need to say again that I really like this beer and it tastes like French toast, but it... Does it does? I deeply regret that I'm not like eating bacon with it. Yeah, this is like this is this tastes like. I just want to say you're welcome, you guys, that we don't eat while we're doing this podcast because I don't like eating sounds. You know, originally Mm. we talked about doing pet peeves (laughs) and talking about our pet peeves, which Lauren pointed out is too much like complaining, and we do too much of that. So we're not going to have a whole episode where we talk about pet peeves, but. 
listening to somebody chew while they're talking kind of bugs me. So, mm-hmm. like, it's probably for the best that we don't eat bacon while we're drinking this beer on the podcast. Yes, but at some point, not while being recorded, we need to make some bacon. Oh, and, man. Like, this... This makes me think of like the college days when you would come home from the bar and just make a pound of bacon. This yes. would go perfectly with that. Yes, if only we had been that refined at that time. Yeah, no, we, Although this beer didn't exist back no, then. No, it didn't. Because True, that was we're a old thousand years is ago. Why. Yeah, that's why. That was basically what yeah, I was getting. Pretty much at. we're old. But beer, fantastic. I want some bacon and mm. uh, some. This is it's French toast. It's fantastic. All right, I really like this one. <laughs> yeah maybe some just like some ham and some hash browns would be good too we really talk about breakfast food a lot so clearly we both really sometimes like breakfast. i think that's the podcast that we breakfast maybe should have yeah. where we just sample breakfast foods oh, I like it. <laughs> breakfast foods and what drink would go pairing would go best yeah we could do it yeah. okay anyways moving on French that's toast. the next when this one just blows up we'll just do breakfast and we're food. starting our brand i like we'll it. do a breakfast food podcast fantastic next, you know good plan. when this is our full-time job sure as opposed to the jobs that we currently have. yeah yeah uh-huh <laughs> sure all right well i'm gonna drink my french toast and our parenting topic of today or parenting slash life skill yeah. topic. i don't know what we want to call it talking about honesty honesty telling the truth in my head it's telling the truth honesty is you know it's the it's the definition of honesty is telling the truth um i think honesty actually takes it a step further yeah um because you could argue that withholding the truth also falls under the category of being dishonest but wouldn't necessarily be lying telling a lie yes correct yes so um I, as always, I start with, um, you know, my experiences as a child. And for the most part, what I recall about being a child um, is being pretty honest with my parents. Um, But I do specifically remember (laughs) one occasion where I lied to my parents. And it was really just like I didn't tell them something that I did. Okay. And I remember, like I said, I remember it specifically. So for me, this is one of those like cornerstone memories from childhood where i was like faced with telling the truth or telling a lie and i chose lying oh um but i came clean in the most awesome way (laughs) but uh so i was told when i was a child and i don't recall how old i was let's say seven okay um because that's probably about right yeah and uh i was i was capably riding a bike without training wheels okay. at that point so like i said probably about Just seven around, yeah um and i was told that i was not allowed to ride my bike around the block okay. by myself that i could go up and down the street but not, not around, around the, the block. block okay well i chose to ignore that rule and rode my bike around the Ooh. block and i remember months of it weighing on my, oh my mind gosh. i remember <sighs> feeling guilty and it probably wasn't even months it was probably like three weeks sure and In then one day yeah. we were visiting a relative and i was sitting on the couch with my parents it was totally random <laughs> we were sitting there and i thought about that how i rode my bike around the block and i wasn't supposed to and that my parents are socializing with this relative. Okay. And I lean over to my mother and I whisper in her ear, I rode my bike around the block. I'm sorry. I know you told me not to do that. <laughs> and she was just like, okay, it's fine. <laughs> and I was just like, 
oh, all these has been all lifted. these weeks that I've been like weeks, months, yeah. years. It felt like years. <laughs> it felt like years to when a seven I year did old. It, I made I made the decision that I would wait to tell them that I had done that uh-huh. until I was like years older. <laughs> that as a teenager, like the truth was gonna come out. Sure, but, you but were I just had wait set the you date, were like and the date was like seven years later or something. Um, uh. And so that's my earliest memory of lying. Mm-hmm. Um, as a teenager, I didn't really do a lot of dishonest things. There were times where I've admitted. I omitted details from like sure. what I was up to. Who was like, oh, there or a stop that oh, I made. What happened? Or... Yeah, where you maybe went. Or... Yeah. And I know I did some of that. I know my dad is listening to this, so I'm not going to share that yeah, information. Yeah, no, no, no. We don't need to share too many adult. details. Sorry. They still don't need to know. Sorry, Whatever Mr. you Pendulous. suspected yeah. is probably true. <laughs> um, but I will preface that by saying that... Um, uh, I didn't do a lot of dishonest things. No. Anything yeah. that I did as a teenager or as a young adult that maybe would have been like lying to my parents type stuff was was really just sort of like uh, kind of just like leaving out details. Yeah. And nothing downright dangerous or wrong. Well, and as you, you look know. back on it now as an adult, I'm like, we we as like young adults and teenagers really didn't do much bad things like even the things that we would have stressed over not telling our parents back then you look back and you're like uh, it's really not that big of a deal the best thing in the world sure, was really it, it was almost worse that you were keeping it from them than the whatever fact the that thing did. was 100 percent. yeah like it wasn't the best decision you've ever made but also it really wasn't that big of a deal but as a kid you have a different perspective so you know if you're supposed to do this or be here at this time or you know oh i didn't tell some you know mom and dad so and so was there or you know i started dating my husband very early so i wasn't lying about boys or anything because like we started dating when i was I don't know, 16? I was going to say 16. That was my guess. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I didn't want to be way off, though, so I didn't. (laughs) Yeah, so I might have been 15 when we first started dating, and then I turned 16 like the month later. So, oh, yeah, because you have a summer birthday. Yeah. So if you started so, dating during the school year, yeah. it's possible that you were. So, like, it, we were young, So and I've been with him the whole time. So, like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to so-and-so's house. I would just be like, well, and he drove before me. So it was like, well, he's picking me up. and I'm, you know. So he's right there. Yeah. And that's where <laughs> and I'm going to be. that's where I'm going to be. So, you know. Uh, and I mean, yeah, we didn't. I, I, I'm I'm struggling to think of, like, major times when we lied now i will say that there were some parties we went to that there was alcohol when we were in high school and i'm sure i omitted those facts um but we were never like big drinkers we never did like a lot of that stuff like we just didn't i don't know i don't know why we just really didn't well (laughs) and i don't want to sound like we are holier than no, that type people, but I think all. that our parents did a good job of impressing upon us the importance of being responsible. Yes, and I think that responsibility comes into play a great deal when you talk about honesty because mm-hmm. if you feel like you need to be responsible, you're probably not going to do something that requires you to, to lie, lie about, about it. it later. Yeah. No, that's and a really I think good that's point. the angle that I actually take with my kids mm-hmm. is that for me. It's not whatever you did that you think you need to lie about. It's not the bad thing that happened. Mm-hmm. It's how you handle it after it happens. If 
So I, my, my one child, I'm not going to be specific, but my mm-hmm. one child used to occasionally have accidents, bathroom sure. accidents. And, um, and when they would occur, instead of kind of owning up to it and being like, oh, I had an accident, or just going to change his clothes sure. or telling me he needs help changing his clothes or something like that, he would just kind of like sit there. Mm. Um, and not say anything. And then when I would discover right. that this thing had happened, I would be like, how come you didn't do anything or say anything? And it wasn't me being mad at him for having an accident. Children no. are children. Sure. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how old or young they no. are. Yeah. Sometimes something like that happens to a child. Mm-hmm. Whatever the circumstances were, yeah. they were distracted. They didn't care. They yeah, there's all didn't kinds of realize reasons. it happened. Yeah. Whatever it was. But I was like, the real issue for me, the real problem is that when I asked you about it, it, in addition to having not already handled the situation in any Mm -hmm. way, they would lie about it. I would say, did you have an accident? Something happened? Mm -hmm. No, no, nothing happened. And I would be like... Oh man! See now you you now lied I have to my to have this face. Now we have to talk about how you lied. And and for me, when those situations occurred, and I'm using this as an example, it sure didn't happen very often. But yeah, but it's an example of me having to sit down with my son and be like, for me, the important thing is that we trust each other. Mm-hmm. And if you don't trust me, if you think that my that I'm going to punish you. Like in the last episode when we talked about taking the tablet away, that if you think that the result of this this accident happening is going to be no tablet for a week, like that's not, I don't want it to go down like that. If if a legit accident happens, Mm -hmm. if you... If you do something that turns out to be wrong, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't I intended to cause harm, yeah. yeah... I'm not going to punish you for owning up to it, mm-hmm. for for reaching out to me and to telling help you me what through happened. What was However, going on. if you lie about it, yes, then yeah. I mean, I, 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 similarly, not accidents, but that's you know, uh, the twins are six, and with probably last year, maybe is when they started. Not like they lie a lot, but it's when something happens, when something gets broken when something gets Mm. spilled when something even if it is an accident did one of you do this did you see this did you know about this do you know how this happened yeah and they lie and say no even though i know that either one of somebody knows what happened somebody it's you know we've had to have that conversation of if it's an accident and it happens even if it's not an accident you're better off telling me than now lying to me. Yeah. That no, you don't know. No, you didn't do it. No, you and you know that's well. Yeah. That's the worst. Because the lie is far worse yes. than whatever occurred mm-hmm. that caused you to lie. Yeah. The broken glass that they knocked off the table. Them saying they don't know how the glass got broken is far worse than the glass being broken. Yes, one hundred percent. And I think, you know, they need to learn this now. And I think. It's, it's very, I don't know. I, I think even as adults, we do this same thing sometimes. And, you know, oh, you know, like w- a stupid example, but, you know, you're meeting up with somebody and you left late 
And you're like, oh, are you on your way? Oh, yeah, I'm 10 minutes away. Well, in reality, you just And left you're the like house. getting in your car yeah. and you're 20 like, minutes away. You're worse being late and not saying and owning up I'm to. I'm late. I'm late. I'm running left. late. I just left. Rather than now they're worried and waiting and say, you should have been there in 10 minutes. It's 35 minutes later. What happened? Right. You should have just come clean to begin with. And that's no. a and you're common right. that's example. A, that's a great example right? of of being dishonest of of basically lying to your friend over something mm-hmm. that's not worth totally not worth about. it I mean, at all i yeah. would argue that a lot that almost nothing is worth lying mm-hmm. over but yeah. but certainly not leaving your house 10 minutes later than expected right and I that mean, was just the first thing that came to no, mind that's a but great like great example people though. do that and i feel like within the last few years and with the kids and stuff you know me and my husband have said more and more like we really need to not even tell like little white lies and don't get me wrong it's not like we don't tell little white lies to the kids like oh no chuggy cheese is closed today or like you know we but can't. <laughs> we yeah. can't we just can't just saying we can't in yeah. a lot of ways That's could be fair. a lie i mean we can we, we really could not <laughs> but we're choosing not to but i mean more often than not we've said we really should just be straight always yeah, be honest I agree. And, yeah. Have you ever seen um, Jimmy Kimmel does this sketch every year, this thing every year where he tells parents to tell their kids that they ate all of their Halloween candy and then record their kids' reaction? Yes, I've seen a few of those. Yes. And I get it. I get it's funny, right? Yeah. Because the kids are like, what? Yeah. No. And they're crying and they're sad and they're yes. heartbroken. Yeah. And it, in my head, my initial reaction is you're you're lying to your kid. Yeah. I get it. It's a prank, right? Mm-hmm. What's the difference between a prank and a lie? Well, in this case, for me, there isn't a difference because yeah. you're lying to your kid about something that they care about. True. Yeah. And I think it betrays their trust. That's fair. I think if I told my kids that I ate all of their Halloween candy, mm-hmm. that they might be skeptical of me that they might suspect me at other times when i need them to trust me that's fair and if if you want your kid to be honest with you i don't think that the best way to demonstrate that is Mm -hmm. to be dishonest with them even about a stupid little joke yeah and i get a lot of people say it's stupid but you know what if from a six and eight year old perspective who are incredibly literal with things and like my twin boy remembers everything yes, my six-year-old and will reference everything. like well mommy you said this and i'm like oh crap like yes i did but blah blah like they'll go back and reference like yes well you told me this is it true and you know for some kids they'll take it as a joke whatever but like some kids won't they'll like you said they will take that and think use that as a basis for future thoughts or trust or things and you know i get that it's it's a prank but to some children it's it's not just and they don't even know what a prank is well they just might be too young to be able to differentiate if you're talking to your 12 year old about eating his halloween candy odds are he's gonna be like really yeah and he's gonna immediately not immediately but partially see through the joke right, that fair. you're making yeah and and you know we talked about teasing mm-hmm. and now yes. now teasing has its value whatever that value might be yeah. and i can i could respect the thing where you maybe say to your kids you know what when you go to bed at night i'm gonna eat all this candy yep yeah and I, then they're like hey don't do that, don't eat that, that. Than and then you're like yeah 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 lie. maybe i'll eat a little <laughs> or something 
And you kind of play around with them. Yeah, that's right. And you maybe, like you and I discussed, kind of give them a bit more of a thick skin where they kind of, they get defensive, but they're not yeah. retaliating mm-hmm. against you because they realize you're kind of joking around with them. There's a difference between that and flat out being dishonest. And yeah. I think you you fall into a gray area when you're dealing with a six-year-old. Yes, 100%. And yeah, because my son would definitely call me out and say, if I did that, he would call me out probably and say, why did you lie? Because I tell him even little things you shouldn't lie about. And he calls me out on things. Yes. Like my six year old does too. So I feel like that would be, you know, you've got to lead by example and you know, your children and if they're old enough and they understand and they get it like my children, like they get jokes to some extent but like they like physical comedy they'd watch three stooges all day that's what they think is entertaining because they don't comprehend and don't have the context of a lot of jokes because they're six and so you know we might think that the halloween candy thing is funny but my son a week later would be like why mommy you lied to me remember when you lied to me about my halloween 100 percent, he would call me out yep and then if i say to him well, you know, we don't lie. I would bet money that he would say, well, mommy, you lied to me. Yep. And that's where, how a six-year-old thinks. And yes. so, again, a lot of people are probably like, well, it's just a joke. But from a perspective of a six-year-old, a lie is a lie, regardless of yeah. whether it's supposed to be funny I've or true. I've had so. my six-year-old accuse me or his brother or his father of lying in a situation that you do not view as lying. Yeah. You know? If I'm like, oh, you know what? After dinner tonight, we're going to go out for ice cream mm-hmm. and something happens and I'm like, you know what? We don't really we have time do to go out yep. for ice cream, but we have ice cream in the fridge. We'll just have some ice cream. My six-year-old at that moment would say, why did you lie to me about not about going out for ice cream then? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would try to explain to him, well, I didn't lie. It's not that we were never going to do it is that it turned out to not happen. It didn't work out that way. But, but yeah, they're very that literal. Is, that's the point, is that in their mind, you offered them something, and then you took it away. Yep. Mm-hmm. And for them, that was dishonest. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's how they view it. And as a result, you have to be very careful about how you approach things. For mm-hmm. me, it all boils down to that trust. When my six-year-old is a 16-year-old, and I give him the keys to the car... And he goes somewhere and he drinks. I want him to call me yes. and, co- and come and, and get trust him. trust that I will be there and I won't. No judgment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will drag myself out of bed. The days of silencing my cell phone are, are coming to yeah. will be coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when those days, and man, I'm going to miss those <laughs> days. But... <laughs> But my phone will be on 24 hours a day, and I will. Uh, my yep. children will know that if they call me and they say, I need you to come and get me, that there will be no consequences, only praise for doing the right thing. Yes. And I've even told my husband that, you know, I, I worry about my kids learning how to drive. And we talked about learning new things <laughs> recently. And the reason I worry about it is because a car is a deadly weapon. Yep. You can kill someone in a car very, very easily. It's not difficult. Mm -hmm. And trusting your child with a car is is a big responsibility for both of you, you and your child. And and I think 
quite often about how I will handle giving my children those types of responsibilities. And I would go so far as to say that when my son turns 16 and is given the keys to the car, that I would offer him some type of incentive Mm -hmm. to be safe and smart behind the wheel. If that incentive happens to be money Mm -hmm. for making it to a certain period of time without getting in getting a ticket i will and i'm talking about a big incentive something big to promote responsible driving like those are things that i would gladly consider to impress upon him how important it is to me that he be responsible and that he take it seriously yeah and i think that carries over in everything like i said if i get the phone call and it's two in the morning and he's 18 years old and he's at somebody's house and he did something stupid and he took a pill he wasn't supposed to take or whatever yeah. i will just come and get you man don't and we're please not even don't come talk about this. i will come and not get you right, right now, now at least yeah go home go to bed yes. unless you need me to take you to the er sure. uh and uh we'll we'll deal get with your car in time. the morning yeah. and we will we will not. deal with it when we need to deal with yeah. it i just want you Safe. to know i am there for you yeah and that's what honesty is all about for me with my kids it's yeah. just knowing we are there for each other yeah no that's that's fair i mean it's a lot different when they're six and nine and six yes. eight and nine but like that that honesty that you instill in them now you want to carry on forever like we i talk to my twins and i say like you you can tell mommy everything like even if it's a secret and even if it is a secret that a surprise or something i would rather them tell me everything now and just get used to telling me everything yeah because you you know and you know part part of it is it's terrifying to raise a child right now because there are so many bad people in this world there are so many things that you hear about every day there's so many just things that you're like i want you to tell me literally everything yeah and i want you to tell me honestly whether it's something you did something someone else did I just, I can't put a camera on you to follow you around and you're six and you're innocent and I want you to just tell me everything. So my daughter will be like, I have a secret to tell you, mommy. And it's like, we had daddy let me have root beer today or something. Like, you know, my kids don't drink pop. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, thanks for telling me. Like, and and leave it at that. Good job. Good good job. You're not in trouble. Whatever. Like. Even if they think it's something that might get them in trouble, but they tell me anyways, like praise versus anything else. And right, right now, the things that they do are so minimal because they really don't matter. Yeah. Um, you know, I accidentally did this or, yeah, you know, I drank somebody's orange pop or I did whatever and, you know, I'm not supposed to. But if they get that instilled in them now that they can trust me and I trust them and that we need to be honest with each other, I'm hoping as they get older that we continue that. And I get my teenagers are going to lie to me about things like they just are. Yeah. But I hope the important things and well, when it really matters that they exactly they're get honest. off on the right foot yes. that's all all you can hope for is that you develop that relationship with them mm-hmm. as much as you can i mean you and i both already said that in general we weren't real dishonest children and teenagers mm-hmm. and really i weren't. believe yeah. strongly that that has to do with the fact that we felt connected to our parents yeah. and that I didn't view my parents as the enemy, that my parents weren't like this authoritarian, like, 
dictator trying to designate everything I do and what time I'm going to be home and where I'm going to go and who I'm going to be with. And that my parents, they trusted me Mm -hmm. because they knew I trusted them. And because we had that cycle, because we had that relationship, neither one of us went out of our way to betray that. Mm -hmm. And I think if I focus on that a great deal so that I don't end up in a position where, and you and I both had friends, plenty Mm -hmm. of friends who had parents who did not trust them. Yeah. And and, they wound up worse. And they did things Mm -hmm. that could have, and sometimes did cause a lot of harm. Yeah, for sure. The more strict and that this isn't a hundred percent that this happens, but a lot of times the more shorter the leash that parents have, as soon as the child gets a chance, they, they run. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to have that relationship. My husband didn't have, I mean, his his mom and him had a fine relationship in terms of that. Like, he, like, the most he rebelled was, like, you know, I mean, he, like, dyed his hair weird colors. And, like, my parents made him take his jacket off when he came in the house because it had a swear word on it. Uh. So, but I mean, like, he wasn't a bad kid. He didn't drink. He didn't smoke. He never did drugs. He didn't, like, he stayed out late and, like, he didn't go around sleeping with a bunch of women because, well, he was dating me the whole time. So, like, we, you know, like, he didn't do anything bad and I didn't do anything bad either. I mean, I had a drink when we were seniors in high school in Europe because that's where we went for spring break, but it was legal there. So it didn't even matter. (laughs) Like, you know, and I'm sure I had some drinks in high school, but I never got drunk. I never, you know, did drove and you didn't have the desire to do those things because, and I believe it's probably because it was impressed upon you to be a responsible person. Yeah. And everybody has a rebellious phase in their life. Don't get me wrong. It's not like sure. we were all perfect. Yeah. And I we definitely, definitely all did. did. Rebellious thing. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I do think the way to, you know, raise your children is to impress upon them and to do it yourself, to be honest with them as much as you can, you know, and to try and trust them, especially as they get older, as much as you can. Don't hover over them. Don't do everything for them. Let them make their own mistakes but hope and foster an environment that they talk to you about them and they tell you and they're comfortable telling you they did something wrong, they failed. And it's not a, you know, part of the children that did things wrong, they knew that if they went to their parents with that, it would be a blow up. It would be worse than trying to hide it. And I don't want that to be the case. And being a parent is the hardest job, like, in the whole wide world. So I'm sure, you know, I've screwed up and I'm going to continue to screw up. But trying our best to raise good, honest, like, kind children. And hopefully we can do that. And that this is part of it that I don't want. You know, I've seen people that have really screwed up their lives. And you think back, like, a lot of it comes from how they grew up. It really does. You know, and some people are just psychopaths that are horrible people. So it's not 100%, (laughs) but like a lot of them, it really stems from how they were raised and the environment they were raised and the people that they were surrounded by and learned from as children. And I think we both had really good childhoods with really good examples and generally we're pretty good people. So, you know, I think that's true. I mean, my brother and I talk about this where we, you know, we both kind of fall into that category. I mean, he wasn't an irresponsible, 
ne'er do well either. And, uh, you know, I think that that really speaks volumes on my parents um, Mm -hmm. and their influence, you know, for both of us to have kind of turned into what, what I would like to call responsible capable adults you know i mean i've been able to pay my mortgage and maintain my family (laughs) and my relationship with my husband and my fam my parents and my brother and my friendships yeah and all of those things and i think that that all boils down to man who knew this was going to be our like big topic lauren right right yeah who knew (laughs) who knew when we decided to talk about honesty that really it was like the biggest thing we were ever going to talk about um but seriously, I mean, it in, it influences everything else that mm-hmm. we could talk about. All these other things that we've discussed, teaching our kids new things and yeah. teasing them and, uh, and uh, it's how well they sleep at night and what they eat and all these other things all that we've talked things. about all yeah. boil down to them trusting us to lead the way and yeah. us trusting them to follow our guidance and to make responsible choices. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Dang. And, that was deep. Right? <laughs> and now more beer. All right. We... So blackberry French toast is the route we're going to go. So, man, yeah. French toast really blew me away. I'm feeling really good about blackberry now. We're going to give it a shot. I really liked French toast. Yeah, so. I'm almost scared that I'm not going to love this as much. But then there's this tiny part of me that is like, oh, my God, what if I love it even more? <sighs> We're going to try it. We're going to see. Okay, I get a little bit of blackberry in the smell. It's pretty close to the regular French toast, it though. It is. I, you know, I will say the first smell, I got a lot of blackberry. And my first okay. reaction was like, hmm. You were, uh-oh, I was, I am was I going to lose some French toast Yeah, here? and so that was my first reaction. Mm, it's not as know. strong of a smell, I think, as the first. But, all right, let's give it a shot. Mm. It's like a hint of blackberry. It's not it overpowering. It's So there's two ways this could have gone, right? Yeah. Blackberry could have been all we really tasted mm-hmm. with just kind of like a little bit of the background that like French toast, cinnamon, sugar, sweet, mapley, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. you know, all those beautiful French toast flavors. Um, and it could have been like, boom, it just hits you in the face with this blackberry. Um, or it could have landed the way it landed, which is it's French toast with the blackberry just kind of smoothing out with just a tiny fruit flavor you kind know, of if piled you didn't on tell top. me it was blackberry you don't you know almost if could have called it i don't know if i could have i could have just said i probably would have said some sort of berry yeah but i don't know if i would have blueberry yes almost. i don't know if i would have said blackberry but it does have that berry flavor but you still get the french toast i was yeah. concerned from my first smell that I was going to lose some of the French toast. And maybe it was just because I poured it first. Yeah. And, you, you know, I got that and... for some reason. But, um, yeah. I, it's good. It though. is good. I, re- I like the French toast better. I know. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. When we were talking about what order to drink these in, we both agreed that you got to drink the base before you drink the one with the extra flavor yes. in it. And I don't regret that at all. No, no. Um, I think that's always the right move. Agreed. But, um but I think I agree. I think I preferred the French toast 
minus blackberry um that being said i think blackberry is really good oh i think it's good um i think that if i was faced with the possibility of buying a four pack of one or the other Mm -hmm. i would probably buy the regular french toast Mm -hmm. i also think that faced with the opportunity to buy a french toast with a different flavor added Mm. i would be intrigued i would be intrigued i'm curious if they're gonna make another maybe they should make like an orange marmalade or something i would definitely right we should have him on the podcast so i can suggest that all right yeah all right send him an email we should forward this on yeah i would i would love to try different adjuncts of french toast i really like the base french toast so i would be excited if i saw and i do not know if they've made other adjuncts of i don't know either but it'd be fun too is maybe a chocolate Ooh, they've made so many good because then it could be like you know mickey french toast and it's got like (laughs) m&m flavor in it or something like good that's pretty funny is that for children too much for children probably we shouldn't yeah market beer to children is my guess i've Um, been told that's frowned upon yeah you know you know they've done a lot of just from what i've seen in stores and whatnot of breakfast e beers and maybe that's why we really are drawn to, to these but um yeah i'm gonna have to definitely look into the what uh what what options do they have of yeah of what beers yeah i like it i like the french toast the blackberry french toast is good don't get me wrong but i really like the french toast i agree so. i agree 100 percent. both great beers mm-hmm. really glad that we got to bring hubbard's cave out tonight yeah um, totally worth it uh hopefully it's not the last time we visit with them and i would love to see their new space yeah so for sure we, we will t- make check plans that out. when the world allows for more visiting i mm-hmm. think that we've fallen into this situation lauren where we got this we hit the ground running here on this and hypothetically (laughs) speaking we would have been visiting breweries every weekend like we used to we were planning on a uh we had multiple interviews and brewery visits set up and then they shut us down in march and we started this in february so like yeah we we realistically had bad we were bad timing on our part but we can get back to it. Hey, I have man, faith. We'll push through. We'll, man. Uh, we'll be good. We've got plenty left to say, plenty left to talk mm-hmm. about, and certainly we're not going to run drink. out of beer. <laughs> we're definitely not going to run out of beer. So Yeah, so we'll get there on that. So, you know, hey, guys, thanks a million for joining us. Um, I haven't mentioned it in a while, but I want to give a shout out to Common Weather. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, they're playing our intro and our closing song these days, and I'm just loving it. Uh, mm-hmm thankful for them uh i'm sure that this whole situation has really put a damper on their touring plans True, and, yeah. and hopefully they're just uh spending some time uh maybe making some new music yeah uh, nice so we'll that'll be keep great you guys we'll keep an eye out on that mm-hmm. um but yeah so thank you common weather for joining us every week and uh be sure to find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram under Parenting by the Pint. Yes. And find us on your favorite podcasting app as well so mm-hmm. that you can enjoy, enjoy us, uh, rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And like I said, thanks again, guys, for joining us. And we'll see you again soon. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>